You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jay, double team. Jay, extra step. Jay with the fight. Just to beat the set block. It looked like he was in jail and somehow escaped. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Courtesy of the call goes to Bally Sports Oklahoma. What a start to the season it's been for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet Holmgren, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. By the way, Wembenyama only minus 175 now to win uh, Rookie of the Year. Chet Holmgren like uh, coming up pretty fast behind him in the Rookie of the Year market at our show sponsor, uh, BetMGM. Uh, maybe we'll do that maybe later this week. Maybe a couple minutes later in the show to do it as well. But we got to get to the NFL. We'll get to Lockmas coming up this segment. Drew Dinsick still to come. Barstool Big Cat still to come. Jason Sobel still to come. And all our bets for tonight are on the way. Uh, when we finish last segment, though, Ken, you're making like a really good point, right? Which is, do we think that award bettors in the NBA are going to be tired at this point of voting for Nikola Jokic, who's already won two Most Valuable Player awards, maybe tired of Joel Embiid, who won MVP last year, but like obviously like hasn't like gotten it done in the playoffs yet. Doesn't mean he can't this year or moving forward, just that he hasn't yet. And maybe voters kind of feel remorse for not voting for Jokic last year when it was pretty clear that Jokic was the best player. And this is not me. Like, I'm not pissed that it happened. I don't care. Just like saying that that's what people may think. And he was saying, the best player. You know, at, like he, he was, was the best, best player. player. He was yeah. the, he was the best player. Um, do we think is. that the voters are tired of either guy? My sense is, and I said this last segment, we can talk more about it now. I think it's almost definitely no. Uh, I think both guys are very likable, like Giannis was, which certainly helps. Like everyone loves Joel Embiid. I don't know if anyone everyone loves Jokic the way that they love like Embiid or love Giannis, but he's so good that he's undeniable. And I think kind of like his charm and that he doesn't care really. I think people find it really endearing, and he's also the best player. So my sense is, Ken, if we get to the end of the year and the Nuggets are like the one seed in the West, and Jokic has the best numbers, I think he'll just win. And if Jokic falls off a little bit and Embiid and the Sixers like the two seed and Embiid's amazing again, I think Embiid would win again um, as opposed to SGA. Now, if SGA puts up better numbers or the Thunder or the one, then we can have that conversation, right? But uh, no, I, I, I don't I don't get the sense that people are tired of either guy yet. Uh, Jokic in Denver, obviously, or Embiid in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I, I think right now all we have to go on is just like well, how we feel, like what we think about what voters are going to do. And then later in the year, like they'll tell us how they feel and we'll have to listen to them, unfortunately. And so my my best guess right now is I agree with you. My best guess is I, I think it's as of right now, I would deem it a three player race. And I, I want to make sure I don't skip steps because people might listen to this and be like, well, what about Jason Tatum? And like, what about Luka Doncic? And what about Giannis? And what about all these other players? What about Anthony Davis, um, Anthony Edwards, whatever uh, players, other players in the market? 
the way that MVP is typically awarded is actually quite formulaic, honestly. Team success, obviously very important uh, within reason. You know, Jokic won on like a six seed team, kind of a team. Uh, Westbrook won, barely making the playoffs, but he averaged a triple-double. Like team success matters, and historically it's it's bared out that way. And then player success as measured by all-encompassing, all-in-one metrics, honestly. It's like very straightforward. We talk about war for rookie of the year and how like it's just literally who has the highest war among like position players. This is basically like who has the highest plus minus and highest PER and highest win shares and like all these like that's kind of what this is. And it's pretty easy, honestly, like it's not, it's not difficult to figure out like who's going to be in the mix. I, I did this on the show the other day, like here's like how the MVP finished in P, like PER is like a dated one of these, like EPM is better than whatever. And here's like the, the winner for MVP. Here's what they were in PER the year that they won. And I'll do like 20 years just to not just to be fast, like second, first, 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 third, first, 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 ninth, first, 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 like it's just like a, we know what we're looking for here. It's like pretty easy. Not, not like a magic uh not like a secret to this one and your top three players in all of these all-encompassing metrics your top three players in all of them and in all the metrics are Jokic and Bede and SGA in some order like this is who we have to work with this year like Jason Tatum's great also in win shares he's ninth and in box plus minus he's 15th and you know who never wins that guy so I don't really care how many games they win this year don't care at all uh like Luca usually has awesome numbers in these metrics but it's like Kyrie and there's been a lot of threads the last couple of days about Luca and how not valuable he is it's been kind of a weird few days maybe he's hurt his numbers look terrible versus how they normally look honestly he's usually up there with these other guys he's like 9 20th in a couple of these I'm close so like you tell me who it's going to be that's not those three guys like it's you can Tatum like they had to, they had to go like seventy three and nine for us to have the Jason Tatum conversation. That's not going to happen. They're not good enough. They're going to be really, really good. They're just going to be normal good, not historic good. So, like, yeah, if you use these all encompassing metrics, it's a really short list and it's a really brief conversation about who can win. It's these three players. That's who it is. So that, that's why I asked the fatigue question to start the last segment. Because if we think they're tired of two, then it's the third guy. And if we think they're not tired of the two, then it's one of them. Like, that's kind of all it is, honestly. Now, trying to parse through this to be like, well, which one? And how do the voters feel about all of them? They're going to change their mind a bunch. How is each guy playing? Do they flip-flop positions within that one, two, three? That's going to be really interesting as the season goes on. When Jamal Murray comes back, do Jokic's numbers slip a little bit? Because right now he's one in everything. Uh, when the Sixers add a third player, do they struggle to integrate that player and Embiid's numbers like, suffer a little bit? Does SGA hit a, a slump at some point because he hasn't done this for very long? Like These are all really interesting questions, but they're going to play themselves out throughout the course of the year. So for me, like I totally agree that Jokic is the most likely player to win right now. I don't even know what the argument is that he's not the most likely player to win other than like people don't like him or something, which isn't true. They like him. And he's first in everything. And they're really good. So like, yeah, you can have a position on him but he's the favorite and he's going to kind of stay in this range probably for a while. And I don't think you have to be in a hurry necessarily to add, although you're probably going to want some of them eventually if this keeps up, cause he's, you know, going to win. Uh, to me, it's like, what is the true gap between him and the other two players? And how is that reflected in the pricing in the market? Like if Luca's going to hold this price and Tatum's going to hold this price, then to me, it's like all that win probability needs to be going to my two guys needs to be going to Embiid and SGA. And those guys are like, to me, irrelevant and the they don't matter. And the two guys that I reference matter a great deal. So like, to me, maybe it's more like, hey, Jokic can be 150, 182, 220, something like that. But Embiid needs to be 350 or four. And SGA needs to be six or something like that. And like, and then I'm just good. And then I don't want to do anything. But that's not what's going on right now. So like, again, it's just probability. 
I think Embiid's more likely to win than his price. And his price used to be more, and I was betting it then too. I still think he's more likely to win than this price. I think SGA is getting to probably the right price, like pretty fast, because he's getting bet a lot. Like he was 23, 30. Now he's like 12. We're probably pretty close, but there's probably a little room there, honestly. They play the Timberwolves tonight. Watch that. He plays great. Maybe snag a 12. You know, like I just, this, this is where we're at right now. So Jokic the most likely to win, but to me, it's those guys, one, two, three, and it's not anyone. And I think the gap between Jokic and Embiid is small. I really do. You better, you bet here with Nick and Ken on a terrific football Tuesday. Really fun NBA conversation on the show today. Can't wait to talk about tonight's slate of games and the, whatever the in-season tournament side total and props coming up in the power hour, final hour of the show. Let's turn our attention now, Ken, to some college football. Yesterday on day one of Lockmas, you told us, hey, here's how we're looking at the national championship market ahead of what's going to be a very interesting weekend in, in the great sport and also setting up like who's going to make the college football playoff. Uh, it feels like there's not as many variables going on as far as the Heisman Trophy is concerned. There are three guys that can still win it. That's what the odds board tells. Maybe it's actually two. Let's talk about it right now, guys, on day two of Lockmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. Mario Anderson still on his feet. Got free. Mario. Super Mario. Touchdown. The roar of the crowd. But for Nick and Ken, college football only sounds like one thing. All right, Santa. Heisman Trophy market at BetMGM. Bo Nix, Oregon quarterback, your favorite, minus 150. Jaden Daniels, maybe the next quarterback of the New York football giants. We'll see. Jaden Daniels, plus 120. Michael Penix Jr., 16 to 1. Seems like those are the three guys. Maybe it's just two. Nix and Penix play each other this weekend. Jaden Daniels, done for the year. Not like injury, because LSU's just, just done. They're not going to play <laughs> right. a conference yeah, championship they're, they're game. Yeah, they're not good enough. Uh, yeah, so thoughts here on Heisman Trophy to end hour number two. <laughs> Sure. I uh, have to start by mentioning the athletic straw poll came out today. Uh, those of us who, who pay attention to such markets care very much about this poll. Uh, it's been pretty accurate and reflective of how the voting has gone historically. And it's only been going on for a few years. Uh, there were 33 first place votes and uh, and Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels each got 16 of them. So there was a dead heat with one game left among basically all of them. And Michael Penix got one vote. So immediately there is something we can take away from this, I think. And even though it's like, well, the, the Heisman pool is so big, and what do you mean? Like, there, there's no absolutes. Uh, if Penix wins on Saturday, on Friday night, and beats Bo Nix, I think Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy. I would actually feel that very confidently based on this polling. Nothing for Penix. Zippo. One vote. of their, Like, where do you, Bo Nix loses. Where do you think the votes are going? And and if Penix wins, people might still vote Knicks. Now you're splitting the West Coast votes. Daniels definitely wins in a landslide at that point. Like, I think Penix has no chance. That's just my, my opinion. I could be wrong. I think he has no shot. Now, again, like, this isn't crazy. That's reflected in the market. But I wouldn't go, like, jamming Michael Penix. Like, well, if Washington wins, this poll tells you that's really unlikely that Penix is going to win, even if they beat Bo Nix in Oregon. Okay, we learned that. That's pretty interesting. Uh, something else I find a little interesting, just in terms of how I know voters tend to operate. Recency bias, very important. Nick's plays, Daniels doesn't. The fact that they're tied right now, or even that it's like really close, because like if Daniels was up one or Nick's was up one or whatever, I'd feel the same way. Okay, right now they're tied. Nick's has one more game left. Like if he wins and plays well, what happens? Like play it out. 
like, okay, if they lose, Daniels wins. I think that one's pretty obvious. Um, what happens if they win and, they, and he plays well? Can it ever be Daniels still? We're tied now. Knicks has one more trump card left to play that Daniels doesn't have. Um, so it's kind of like, how confident are you that he's going to play well against Washington? They're going to win the game. I, I think this poll honestly tells me that I, I think Knicks is more likely to win than I thought if they just win and he plays well. Like maybe, I, I think it'll be close-ish. I'm not sure it'll be that close. Look, LSU's putting on the big time full court press. Uh, an analysts that used to play in the SEC, coaches, media members, it's everybody. It's Jaden Daniels. All systems go from all of the accounts all the time. And they're doing a great job because it's working, honestly. Uh, but like they, he doesn't play. There's there's only so much of that. And if Nix is a conference champion and he's going to the playoff and LSU isn't, I do think voters are going to wait that. I think there is a silent majority of voters that's going to wait that a great deal, to be perfectly honest. I am holding a lot of Knicks. I am a little biased. I need him to win, to win. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be betting Daniels at these prices. I think that what this poll, I think, tells me, Penix has no chance, so don't get cute with, like, the long shots. And if Knicks wins and plays well, I think that might be enough to give him the bump in what's basically a dead heat right now. And the market, for the most part, reflects that. But I think go into the market, like, with that knowledge, whatever you whatever you think you're going to do. Absolutely can't wait for this weekend in college football. Also can't wait for hour number three of You Bet or You Bet. We'll have a conversation with the whale capper Drew Densick of NBC Sports, talking NFL Week 13. And on the other side, Ken and I will talk NFL Week 13. How about our betting preview of the Niners and Eagles from Philadelphia? We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.